Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Last Sunday, as we were worshiping, I was just standing over there and observing and listening. And for a brief moment, I discerned the presence of God moving around the auditorium, looking for someone who was expecting to receive something from God. But the level of expectation, I noticed, was so low that he was not able to do anything. And that's where this this message that I want to minister to you this morning was birthed last Sunday. I want to speak to you about the power of expectation. Before you came here this morning, were you expecting to receive anything or you just came to church as usual? Ask yourself that. Did I come expecting? Have I come fully prepared to receive, to be ministered to? Or have I religiously just got into my car, drove to the premises, and come to church as I usually do? You see, expectation is the atmosphere in which miracles are birthed and delivered. It's like faith. Faith and expectation go hand in hand. If you're not expecting anything, you're not going to receive anything. Amen? And so often we, we get into the habit of doing things for the sake of doing things. And one of those things that we do is come to church. But do we come expecting to meet with God? to minister to him and be ministered to, from him? It's a question that we, we all need to ask from time to time. Amen? Hello? Praise God. So, today we're going to look at the principle of expectation. Now, it's a continuation on the theme that I have been on for several weeks in our Sunday evenings webinar services. And that is enlarging our capacity of reception. Enlarging our capacity of receiving from God. Amen? So, I have chosen this particular theme as a result of what I believe anyway, and the leadership of this house believes, that the Lord has spoken to us prophetically for this season that we have been in for quite a while now. That same prophetic words were also given to our cluster retreat when we met at the end of August of this year at Montfleur in Stellenbosch. 
the prophetic words that were spoken were the same that were spoken to this spiritual family. Now, we will get to that word in a moment. And the reason for teaching this series is that I believe that God's giving is far greater than our receiving. I'm going to say that again because I want you to meditate on that. God's giving to us is far greater than our ability to receive. Say amen. There's much more of God that we have not experienced yet. In fact, the longer I walk with God and the more I know Him, the more I realize how much I don't know. Amen. God is unfathomable. His love is unfathomable. It's immeasurable. You cannot measure the mercy, the love, the kindness, the generosity, and the goodness of God. It's just not possible. So, because God's giving is greater than our receiving, therefore our receiving needs to be raised to another level in order to embrace and experience what God has already done and what God has already given to us in Christ Jesus. You with me? Are you coming from where I'm coming? <laughs> Are you going to where I'm going? Well, that's my, that's my aim this morning. Not only that, but to prepare ourselves mentally and spiritually is a preparation that needs to be done. What are we to prepare ourselves for? For what God intends to do with us and through us as we approach this new year. Preparation is vitally important. If you're not ready, you're not going to step into it. That's all there is to it. If you're not expecting, you're not going to receive anything. That's as simple as I can put it. Amen? Now, the word of the Lord to us in this season that has been spoken over and over and over again is enlarge the place of your tent. Your tent is your, your dwelling place. Your tent is also the dwelling place of your thoughts. And God says, I want you to enlarge the place of your tent and to stretch out the curtains of your dwellings because we are about to experience growth and expansion. Why would God tell you to enlarge the place of your tent or to make a bigger place in your house? Is because you are expecting to have more children and you need more rooms. Hello? That's the prophetic word of the Lord. And when the word is given to this house, that means it's given to you as well because you're part of this family. God is speaking about expansion, growth, spiritually. Amen? Numerically, financially. Praise God. Now, this is the reason I'm currently doing this series of studies in the hope that we will learn how to improve and develop our skills of receiving. I have mentioned to you last time that receiving from God is a skill that needs to be developed. 
The way we develop that skill is through knowledge and practice, like you develop any other skill in your life. You go to school, you learn, and then you put into practice what you've learned. That's how you develop any skill. The vocation that you are with now, the work that you do, you have had years of learning and improving your knowledge in regard to what you wanted to do. And of course, opportunities were given to you to practice what you learned. When it comes to receiving from God, it's also a skill that is learned and it's developed through knowledge and practice. In other words, if you hear the Word of God, you gain knowledge, but if you don't put it into practice, your skill is not going to be developed. Amen? Okay. In our last session, I was with you last time here in this pulpit. We've studied the subject or the, um, the theme of prophetic vision. Remember that? Remember the principle that we've explained? And the principle was, if you can see it, you can have it. If you can't see it, you're not going to receive it. That's prophetic vision. Prophetic vision is <clears throat> the ability to see in the Spirit those things which are already given to us in Christ. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, eyes, physical eyes have not seen, physical ears have not heard, neither has entered into the natural mind of man the things which God has already prepared for those who love Him. Do you love God? Yes, you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here this morning. Now, the Word of God says, because you love God, God has prepared wonderful things for you. But the only way you go, you're going to receive them or see them is by the revelation of the Spirit. But God has revealed those things to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. No one knows what's in God's heart for you except the Spirit of God, and you will never know what's in God's purpose and destiny for you unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. Your pastor doesn't know. Your parents do not know. You do not know. But the Spirit of God that lives within you, He knows. And the only way you're going to get those things is by the revelation of the Spirit. That's called prophetic revelation. If you can see them, you can have them. That involves developing our spiritual senses. Just like we have physical, natural senses, and we see, we hear, we feel, we touch, we smell, we also have spiritual senses. Hello. The sense to see, the sense to hear in the Spirit, and the sense to understand the way God works in us and through us. And the spiritually mature have developed those spiritual senses. But the carnal man, the carnal person, 
Or the carnal-minded person is unable to see or receive the things of the Spirit because they are foolishness to him. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Amen? So moving and enlarging our capacity of reception involves spiritual growth and maturity. Hello? We need to grow. Grow up spiritually. Mature in the things of the Spirit. Amen? And that responsibility is upon us. Enlarge the place of your tent. Today we will look at and study another principle that develops our ability of receiving from God, and that is expectation. Expectancy. In maximizing our ability to receive from God, we need to have a revelation of the power of expectation. The dictionary defines expectation as the state of looking forward or anticipating. Another definition says it is an expectant mental attitude. It is the degree of probability that something will occur. It is an attitude that is full of hope and excitement. Are you excited this morning? When you go to prayer, are you excited? Are you expecting God to meet with you? Even in our prayer time, how many of us go expecting, rejoicing, full of hope, full of expectation? God is going to meet with me today. And if I need encouragement, He's going to put courage in me. If I need direction, God will give me direction. If I need wisdom, God will bless me with wisdom. But many of us pray, keep on praying, praying over the same thing, not expecting to receive anything. If you're not expecting, you're not going to receive. If you ask for wisdom, believe you receive. When you ask, expect to receive. Expect your mind to be enlightened with the thoughts of God. Don't doubt. For he who doubts cannot receive. Amen? And that's what I want to talk to you about. Expecting. You, you get into your car, you drive to the shopping center. You know, one of the things that I expect is to find parking where I want to find parking. And believe me, it always works for me. Some people, they go park far away because you're not going to find a parking out there in front. And as they expect, so they receive. Hello? When you get up in the morning, do you expect the favor of God to show up in your life? Hello? Develop that habit of expectation. I'm expecting God to bless me. I'm expecting God to show His goodness every day. Why? Because the Bible says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Not just some days, but all the days. What does that do to your expectation? Are you hearing that word and you remain, mm, maybe? Or are you saying, wow, God's mercy and God's goodness is going to follow me today. No evil shall come near my dwelling. Hello? 
the angel of the Lord has been charged to keep watch over me, and he's looking after me and protecting me. I have my own personal bodyguard. Satan, watch out. Are you expecting? That's what I'm talking about. Now, let's go to our foundational scripture, the prophetic word, and we read it prayerfully again. And this is the word of the Lord to us for this season. Isaiah 54, verses 2 and 3. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your court. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. I don't know about you, but when I read these words from God, an expectancy is formed within me that God the Father will, through His Spirit, enable us by His grace to grow and to enlarge our tent. Amen? He will help us to stretch our faith stretch ourselves, stretch our expectation, strengthen our inner man. Michael spoke last week about strengthening the inner man. Know what's going on inside of you. Be fortified in your spirit man and be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might through the Spirit. So He will help us to stretch our faith, stretch ourselves, and our stakes and our influence in Christ will expand among the nations. You know, <clears throat> that is my expectation concerning the future of this family and this ministry. You may say, but we are so small in number. Well, the mustard seed is the smallest of all the seeds in the field. But when it is planted, the Bible says it becomes the biggest of the trees. And the birds of the air, they come and find nest in it. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Everything that is large and great began with a seed. Hello? I'm expecting this to take place in the years to come. I'm fully expecting us to grow both spiritually and numerically and financially. I am expecting us to grow in wisdom and in knowledge. I am expecting our influence in Christ to multiply among the nations, both here and abroad. Hello? Why do I say that? Because the DNA of this fellowship is apostolic, and its destination is to be a resource house. Do you know what a resource house is? I see myself individually as a resource house. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and financially, and I stand ready at any time to help and to assist and to minister to someone whom God brings to me or someone that God sends me to. I'm able to do that. Hello? because I've prepared myself over the years 
to come and position myself in such a place that if you need wisdom, I have wisdom for you. If you need counsel, I have counsel for you. Hello? If you need help financially, I'm able to help you. And I want this fellowship to come to the place where we are restored and fully ready and prepared as resource house to be able at any time, at any given place, to minister, to bless, and to help those whom God brings to us as well as those whom God sends to us, both here and abroad. Hello? In order to do that, you need to be healthy spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, relationally. And to be able to do that, you need to be able to receive from God. Some people don't want to receive. I say, it's enough for me. That's a very selfish thing to say. We're not just talking about you. We're talking about those whom God has destined you to bless and touch and minister to. Hello? They say, no, it's me and my four and us four and no more. <laughs> it is vitally important that all of us in this family adopt this mindset. A mindset that says, I'm not here for me. It's not about me. Church is not about me. I am here to extend and establish the influence of God's kingdom and to be a blessing to other people. The blessing and the promise that God gave to our forefather Abraham, he said, I will bless you. But he doesn't stop there. So that you may become the blessing or a blessing to all the families of the earth. It's not just about you. And this selfish attitude of ours in the church has crippled the power of the Holy Spirit because we cannot see further than ourselves or our problems or our challenges. And unless we change the way we think, and that's part of enlarging your tent or enlarging the way you think, so that your thoughts may go far beyond you and your needs. Yes, I want to receive more, but not for me. So that I have an excess, an abundance that I can bless others. Hello? And that's spiritually, mentally, and financially. How are you going to bless someone if you are not able? If you, if, you, if you cannot even sustain yourself? And every time you, you, you run up to a challenge, you, 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 you collapse. And Michael spoke last week about if you faint in the day of adversity, then this proves that your strength is small. Hello? How are you going to pick up others spiritually? And emotionally, if you yourself are a cripple. How are you going to help someone else financially if you yourself are not able to cover your own needs? 
Hello? We need to have a goal and a vision that goes, that reaches far beyond ourselves. Why? Because it is the DNA of this family. And if you're part of this family, that's your DNA and that's your destiny. You need to receive it as yours, not as pastor's mission, not as the leadership's mission. It's my mission. It's my call to be a resource house. Thank God we have a number of people here that are ministering to others. I know Ron regularly. He goes and he blesses several other houses. Craig does the same. And we have people that are reaching beyond others and ministering wherever you are. That's great. But we need to adopt this mindset as our own. That's me. I need to see myself as a resource person. And if you never see yourself as such, you'll never become as such. Amen? So it's vitally important that all of us adopt this mindset, a mindset that says, I am not here for me. I am here to extend and establish the influence of Christ's kingdom and be a blessing to others. And in order to do that, we need to be a people who are whole in themselves, that the fellowship is whole. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, relationally. So developing high expectations from God enlarges your capacity of reception. And positions us to be a greater blessing to those around us. Let me ask you a question. What are your expectations for 2020? I know Michael's expectations, what they are. He says, 2020, it's a year of plenty. Hallelujah. That's his slogan. What are your expectations for? I'm going, to make an, I'm going to preach another sermon defining our expectations. What are you expecting from God in relation to your family, to you personally, your future, your health, your finances, your career, your work? Are you expecting anything? Or are you just well, how do they say that? Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Whatever comes, welcome. <laughs> Sorry, Ron? Okay. And whatever will be, will be. What are you expecting from God in this coming season? And I know this. I'm doing my own homework you will benefit a great deal if in your quiet times with the Lord, while in prayer and meditation in His Word, begin to write down in your journal or your diary what your expectations are. And look at them every day. Pray over them every day. Trust God. List your expectations one by one concerning all areas of your life. Do your homework. 
and find scriptures or promises that promise you those things you are expecting. Now, don't go outside of God's promises because you'll be very disappointed. You know, there are, for example, when it comes to your health and to your physical being, here are some promises from God's Word to share with you that will help you raise your expectations. Exodus 23, verse 25 and 26 so you shall serve the Lord your God. That means put God first. Serve Him. Love Him. Honor Him. And He will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land, and I will fulfill the number of your days. What a promise. What a promise. The more you meditate on that, the bigger that promise becomes on the inside of you. And you begin to expect. You know, we often refer to a woman who is pregnant as she's expecting. And that's what happens when you, when you camp on that promise. When you camp on any promise of God and you meditate in it day and night, you begin to expect. There is no birth without expecting. Are you listening to me? There's another one. Third John chapter 1 verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may as prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. What a promise. And this was written by the old-timer, an old apostle, Apostle John, who walked with God and lived for many years. This is, these are the words of a well-seasoned, experienced, knowledgeable apostle. He says, I wish above all things. What do you wish? That you may as prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. When it comes to living a long and satisfied life, what are you expecting? The promise of God in Psalm 91 verse 16 says, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. What a promise. I don't expect to die young. Do you? I'm expecting to have a long life. How long? Until I'm satisfied. <laughs> he says, I will satisfy you. <laughs> I heard someone say, well, I think it was Kennedy Hagan. He says, how long? He says, until I'm satisfied. I reach 80. If I'm not satisfied, I'll ask for 90. If I'm not satisfied, I'll go to 100. This is what... <laughs> Here is a promise that we should all memorize and confess every single day. And I've quoted that verse already. Psalm 23. I think it's verse 6. Not sure. Huh? Surely. You know what surely means? Not maybe. Not perhaps. It's a sure thing. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
I translate that in the New Testament language, I will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. Amen. What a promise. What a promise given to us from our Heavenly Father. An elderly lady once approached an evangelist and saying, I'm beginning to fear, sir, because I have this feeling that wherever I go, there's two guys following me. The evangelist said, don't worry, sister. One is the goodness of the Lord, and the other one is the mercy of the Lord following you. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible covering every sphere of human existence. We cannot possibly go through all of them, but it should stir you up and motivate you to go to the Word of God and find out what God promised you. Amen. Many have expectations, but most of those expectations are not good. You know that there are evil expectations and there are good expectations. Many people, even believers today, even people who believe in God, they expect the worst, not the best. That's terrible. I said that's terrible. Stop it. They are full of fear and anxiety because they are expecting the worst. There's no reason for that. And listen, if we're not careful, we will open the door to the evil one to oblige us with our negative expectations. The Bible says, listen to this verse of Scripture in the Amplified Translation. Do we have an Amplified Translation? All the days, listen to this, all the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil. How? By anxious thoughts and forebodings. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of the circumstances. Did you see? Huh? Praise the Lord. Did you see what it says there? When you have an expectation, either good or bad, what are you doing? You're giving birth to what you're expecting. Hopeful, positive expectations create an atmosphere in which miracles are delivered. They have... Um, made a study of Catherine Kuhlman's miracles. And one of the main reasons that there were so many miracles taking place is because people came expecting to receive. The atmosphere of expectation was charged for miracles, for healings, for deliverances. And we need to get back to that, that atmosphere, folks. Expectation positions us in a place of readiness to receive from God, just like faith does. Listen to what the Bible says. The Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectantly for Him. 
to those who seek Him, inquire of, and for Him, and require Him by right of necessity and on the authority of God's Word. The Scripture says, and I think I'm going to close here and we'll pick up next week. God cannot wait to be good to you. Did you know that? He loves you so much that He cannot wait to be good to you. And all that He does is good and wonderful. Joyce Meyer says, and I quote, God wants to do something outrageously wonderful in your life every moment of every day, but you have to be ready and expect it to happen. Isaiah, let's conclude here. Isaiah says it perfectly in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. Listen, and therefore the Lord earnestly waits expecting, looking, and longing to be what? To be gracious to you. To be gracious to you. To be good, generous, kind, forgiving. And therefore he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. Wow, what a promise. Do you believe that? Do you have a, a, a way of thinking that aligns with this? Or you get up in the morning and you say, I wonder what bad thing is going to happen today. Yesterday I had this happen, and the day before I had this happen, and you know some people say it has to come in threes or sevens. <laughs> and so you open up yourself and you're expecting something horrible to happen. That's terrible. Stop it. Next week we're going to discuss how do you build up your expectation? What is the force that creates expectation within us? We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.